Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard here on this Friday night. Uh, we got a lot to hit on here. NFL picks, guest takes coming up in a couple minutes. We need the football music. That's going to feel like a real football Friday. We'll get to that. And, Is that a hint? Uh, yes. Well, and a Fandle uh, Sportsbook are fair props for the Eagles and the Commanders. But first... We haven't done hot stove check-ins. I mean, last year we didn't get to do them. That wasn't our fault, though. That was the lockout. The lockout stole the hot stove check-in from us, stole that that wonderful, you know, usually 9 o'clock every night. Now we can't do it tonight at 9. We're going to move this up to 8.30. But we haven't had hot stove check-ins here for the better part of a couple years. That's back. Now the Phillies are, you know, trying to follow up a World Series appearance with something even greater next year, and they're connected to a lot of star players in free agency. So, Last night, MLB trade rumors, uh, and they have, I think, three or four people that have participated in this. They, they have their list. They, they kind of rank the top 50 free agents. And then the, the writers each, so three or four, I think there's maybe four of them, they predict for each player where they'll, where they'll land. And I went through last night and, and kind of just highlighted every time a, someone was connected to the Phillies. And then someone predicted that player to the Phillies. Here was the list. Now, obviously – there's more than one person. So the Phillies are not going to get all these players. Each person had a different kind of plan for the Phillies. So maybe they get a pitcher or a hitter, but whatever. Here are all the players last night of the top 50 free agents that were named at least once. The Phillies to this, you know, the, this player to the Phillies was um, kind of singled out at least one time. Here is what the list put together. Trey Turner, Carlos Rodon, Justin Verlander, Taylor Rogers, the relief pitcher who went from the uh, Brewers to the Padres, or Padres to the Brewers this year in that hater deal. Carlos Estevez, Rockies reliever. Ross Stripling, uh, kind of a number three, four, I'd say a four, number four starting pitcher. Gene Segura, obviously if they strike out on, on the middle infielders, they bring him back. And Adam Adovino, Adam Adovino, the former uh, Red Sox and, and Met and Yankee relief pitcher. Turner, Rodon, Verlander, Rogers, Estevez, Stripling, Segura, Adovino. Here is what I took from, from those predictions. They were split on where the Phillies would spend their biggest dollars. Two of the, of the writers thought it would be on a pitcher, obviously Carlos Rodon or Justin Verlander. One thought it would be on a bat with Trey Turner. Every they four uh, three starting pitchers were named Stripling, Rodon, Verlander. So everyone kind of thought they needed a starter, and everyone gave them some sort of bullpen help, whether it be Rogers, Estevez, Adovino as the reliever. So you kind of canvas what the guesses were: a relief pitcher, a star, 
and then at least one starting pitcher, depending on the level of the kind of starting pitcher, whether it be a, a back end of the guy like a Ross Stripling or uh, obviously a, a superstar. But I, I thought it was interesting. The, the main theme was they get one star player, Turner, Rodon, Verlander. I think that makes sense. And whether that is someone at the front of their rotation or at the top of their lineup, it's something, despite the fact they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars the last few years, it's something they need, right? You look at how they lost the World Series. They lost for two reasons. The offense went ice cold mm-hmm. after that Game 3 barrage, and they just didn't have the pitching depth to match up with Houston. Now, no. I don't think any team in baseball has the pitching depth to match up with Houston, but your rotation went, like, three deep, and your bullpen went two deep. It's not enough. It, it isn't, right? If you add a, another starter like Justin Merlander or Carlos Rodon, all of a sudden Ranger Suarez is your Game 4 starter, or all of a sudden you can actually fill out a legitimate Pitching rotation for a seven-game series, like, that's impressive. You don't need Noah Syndergaard or Kyle Gibson tossing bullpen games in, in game four of the NLCS. And you also look at the top of the lineup, like, just adding Trey Turner, adding somebody who can kind of push everybody else down and lessen the burden on someone like Reese Hoskins if he's still here. Not only do I think it would it would help that, but if you do move on from Reese Hoskins, it makes the, the that blow a little bit easier. Well, it would. Um, and, and to the pitching point, you know, I, we keep talking about Andrew Painter. He's going to be here at some point. But it is risky to to just ask a lot of him. He's 19 years old. How many innings could that kid realistically pitch for the Phillies next year? And then you throw October on it, right? Now we're looking at the idea of them being a playoff team. This is not like a hope. It's an expectation when you get to next season. I mean, how many innings does he have in his arm next year? To yeah, And, and they're not going to burn him out. We're not going to mark prior this kid and to get him hurt at 21 years old. So there's going to be a limit, whether that's, I don't know, 150 through 100 this year about there. It's not easy to spread 150 innings over seven months. Like if he's good enough to make the rotation opening day, he's either going to have to have five inning starts pretty often, four inning starts pretty often to kind of smooth it out over the year, or he's going to have to take three weeks off in the middle of the season just to limit the innings. So if they did sign a legitimate starting pitcher, not only Tucker's thought of, oh, you have four in the playoffs, but you also have cover if this kid just isn't ready to be every fifth day, six innings, like he might be two, three years from now when he is, you know, he's, he's graduated to that level. And then you think to the postseason, like, they, imagine if they get Carlos Rodon and they had Wheeler, Nola, Rodon, Suarez, they're your four. Like, Andrew Painter could go to the bullpen in the postseason. Like, David Price did that the year the Phillies beat the Rays in the... In the um, Kershaw did that early in his career, too. Right. And then you kind of... you They're still part of it. You get their quality arm in the biggest moments, but they're only asked to throw, like, you know, five or six or seven innings, you know, maybe over two or three weeks in the playoffs. That is a way to do it, too. I, I think the biggest question they have this offseason is where do they want to throw their bulk of their money? Is it at the hitter? Likely shortstop. Or is it at a pitcher? And I... I don't know if if there's a right answer. I mean, you could you could kind of argue it either way. I feel like it's going to be a matter of which one of the like the Justin Verlander thing. I know he wasn't great in the World Series, but I can't discount that Dave Dombrowski tie. Like if if he doesn't find the spot he wants, or the Dodgers and the Yankees don't maybe want him as much as he wants them, I could see Verlander here. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me either. I just think it's baffling that he's 40 years old and coming off a, a Cy Young award. Like this doesn't happen anymore. No. The only person you could compare it to, and it's someone that was maybe getting a little help, is Roger Clemens when he went to Houston. Yep. 
and he's kept going. And I, he, I, I believe he still was pitching to a low ERA, but when he finally hung him up, like he never stopped pitching well. I think he was still getting top five Cy Young votes his last couple of years. Yeah, there. I mean, and Verlander's talked about, um, you know, his, um, Nolan Ryan is kind of an idol and someone he wants to to be like. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he pitches three more years at a really high level, and he's he's in, I guess, shouting distance of three hundred wins. So I. I guarantee Verlander's going to go somewhere he thinks there's a lot of wins on the table. I, I think that's something he thinks he might have a shot at three, four years from now. He's got 244 right now. Oh, he's not that far. If he hangs on for four more seasons, I think he's there. Could you say he's a young 39 considering he didn't pitch at the age of 37 or 38? You could, yeah. I mean, you're right. He missed a couple years. I mean, how many innings does he have? 2,500? 3,100. Wow. It's still, yeah, I mean, well, he always pitched 2,250 innings. Yeah, so he, I guess. he threw over 230 innings every year for about a six-year stretch when he was in his 20s. Yeah, I mean, but to put that in perspective of guys that, that win 300 games, like Roger Clemens had 4,900 innings. So he's still ways off from that. Like he's, you know, he's still 1,800 innings behind that guy. So yeah, he has a way to go. But so, and Rodon is one that has not, I, I this is the first time I saw it linked to the Phillies. You know, the, we we talked about the trade deadline with Carlos Rodon. I wanted the Phillies to trade for him, and I thought that was the kind of move you make to win a World Series. Now, I don't know if the Phillies in late July thought they were going to get to within game six. If they did, maybe they do make the trade for Carlos Rodon, but he's really good. Really, really good. And he's not old. I mean, you could also make a case that he's a young 30 because he's, you know, he kind of got a slow start. He missed a lot of time with injuries. I would be. He's only got 840 innings in the big leagues. Yeah, that's he's got a not much wear and tear on that arm. Now, two years ago, they had to shut him down in Chicago because he's had a dead arm and his velocity went down. But he was so good this year, like Cy Young, kind of good. Like he might get votes um, for the NL Cy Young, like top five votes. He'd be awesome here. I mean, he he is a dominant pitcher, and their rotation. You might say it's the best in baseball if they get one of those two guys we just talked about. Like, if you have Wheeler, Rodon, or, or Verlander, Nola as a three, Suarez, and Painter, that might be the best. I think one through five is just as far as potential stuff, it, it would have to be. And, and Nola is someone that I know we debate whether or not he, he's an ace or a two, but three. if he were a three, he'd be the best number three in baseball. He would. Uh, no, he absolutely would. So the uh, And then the other one was Trey Turner. That one we've talked about. I think of the, all this conversation, it's the most likely. But the other part that stood out to me just looking at the predictions was Taylor Rogers, Carlos Estevez, Adam Adovino. Almost half the names mentioned were relief pitchers. I, it's kind of the part of the team where you're ignoring how much they have to add to it. You know, like, so Sir Anthony locked in. Alvarado locked in. Connor Brogdon locked in. How much more is locked in for next season that's, that we know is going to be in the bullpen? Not much. Are they searching for a Corey Knable replacement or David Robertson replacement? Like I, I think, think so. they need another high leverage right-handed arm for when Dominguez can't go. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think they're they're going to have to get two guys. I would think now they can make a trade. I mean, they could also, you know, it's not, not everything has to be free agency with this offseason, but they need arms in the bullpen. They don't have enough um, now. A guy like Griff McGarry, who's in the minors and a starter, he, I could see him being part of this next year. But they moved him to the bullpen at the end of the year, didn't he? Yeah. To try and get him up in in September. I think he, then he got a blister, and then the whole plan like went to heck. And then they just brought up Bethlehem instead. And that worked. I mean, they, again, they got to the World Series and, and got to Game Six. So work to do. We'll keep an eye on these rumors. Hot stove check-ins coming your way every single night here on the evening show. All right, let's get to NFL picks. Guess the takes. For week 10 in the NFL, as we look here at, 
a week, I like underdogs. I, I really do. I like underdogs. We'll do it the pit. We'll get the picks out and then uh, give you some guess the takes for week number ten. But I like underdogs this week. So when you look across the NFL this week, I think there's actually a couple games where the wrong team is favored. And I mean, I don't say that often. I mean, the, the, these books know what they're doing. But I've got three games I really like. I'll start with Cleveland and Miami. Miami's good, and they're impressive. Offense is really good. I think their defense is very suspect in Miami. And, and I think they're coming off of two games where they got to beat up on some really bad defenses in Chicago and in Detroit. And I think it's kind of inflated how good Miami is overall. It's team pretty good, probably a playoff team. But I think Cleveland could play with them this week, and I think Cleveland getting three and a half points is the right side of this game. I'll take the Browns off a bye to go to Miami, score a bunch, and keep this game close. Browns plus three and a half. My second game this week, this is one I think the wrong team is favored. There is no way in the world Andy Dalton and the Saints on the road should be a favorite. They're not good. That's not a good football team. Their offense has been horrendous the last couple weeks. Andy Dalton. A, a road favorite against Mike Tomlin? Extra time to repair off the bye? And you look at the Steelers. I know they're not good. But if you take away the Eagles and Bills game, they got blown out twice by the Eagles and Bills. They've been in every other game. I like the Steelers this week. I think they're going to win outright at home. On a short week, New Orleans played home Monday night. Have to travel in a short week to Pittsburgh. Outdoor game for a dome team. I will take the Steelers. I, I'm going to call this the Kenny Pickett kind of breakout game where Kenny Pickett has his first big game. The Steelers win, upset, Steelers plus the one and a half against the Saints. My third game is another game where I think the wrong team is favored. And the wrong team being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that the Seattle Seahawks are a better team than Tampa Bay. Seattle, it's taken weeks for everyone around football to realize like, oh, wow, they're good. You know, it's not just a cute story after a couple weeks. Pete Carroll is... I would say the coach of the year right now. I, I'd probably vote him over Nick Sirianni. That's how good of a job Pete Carroll's done. And here's here's the part that really is interesting about Seattle. First few weeks, it was Geno Smith. It was the offense. Like, where's this coming from? But their defense stunk. If you look at the last three weeks, the number one defense in yards per play allowed, Seattle. That young defense with a lot of rookies running around is really playing well. It's a perfect Pete Carroll team with a young defense that's making plays a quarterback that's not making mistakes, and an offense that could be explosive and run the ball with Kenneth Walker, who is certain WIP fantasy you know, league owners. I mean, they took him, and they're paying dividends right now. Remember when Richie tried to trade, like, Darnell Mooney for him? And we held on. We knew Kenneth, the Kenneth Walker day would come, and it has. I will take the Seahawks, plus two and a half in Germany, by the way. 9 a.m. in Germany. Do you uh, Did you hear this week about the, the nugget about Germany and the Seahawks? I have not. Are they undefeated in Germany? Well, no, they've never played there. But apparently, so yes, apparently, and I don't know why this happened. Germany is a huge hub for Seahawks fans. It is expected to be almost a Seahawks home crowd. They love the Seahawks in Germany. I, I don't know why it just became a, a weird thing. Like Germany isn't even near the sea. I, I don't know how it happened. All I know is they love. There was a whole story on NFL Network about how. Like it's the the country loves the Seahawks, like they have Seahawks bars all over the place. It, it's going to be a Seahawks crowd in Germany on Sunday. I'll take the road team or neutral team or whatever you want to say with the home field advantage with their fans. Seahawks plus two and a half, Steelers plus one and a half, Browns plus the three and a half for our picks for week number 
10. Now, guess the takes. Try to guess what everyone's talking about here. Coming up on Monday and Tuesday with the NFL Week 10. Number one, I think the national Eagles undefeated story becomes a thing next week. It's become a thing here this week. It's become one of the biggest talking points on WIP this week, the pursuit. Would it be good? Would it not be good? Pros, cons of the idea of the Eagles going undefeated. Next week is when it becomes the story across the NFL. Primetime, Monday night, ESPN. It enters the programming into Tuesday, and it rolls from there. Eagles and their chances of going undefeated become one of the predominant stories in the NFL starting next week. Take number two you're going to hear next week is that we may have totally written off the Packers too quickly. I'm not ready yet, and they look terrible. I'm not trying to say they don't. I just think it's too much, too quickly to just say the Packers are dead and Aaron Rodgers off to back-to-back MVPs. is just It's over. I have to believe there's some sort of last stand before it all putters away. Are they going to come back and make the playoffs? Probably not. They're 3-6. and six. But I, I just sense there's one more fight from the Packers before their season is totally dead. I won't be surprised if Rodgers plays well, and I won't be surprised if they beat the Cowboys on Sunday in Lambeau Field. That's take number two, that we buried the Packers a little bit too quickly here. And take number three, you're going to hear on Monday, is that the Vikings are the most fraudulent seven-win team in mid-November you're going to see. They're pretty good. They're probably going to win the NFC North. But I think they're going to lose on Sunday in Buffalo to Case Keenum. The Vikings and all their one-score victories, I think it comes back to get them. They lose a one-score game to Case Keenum. You're going to hear about how the Vikings might not be what we thought or what some people thought. That's the third take you're going to hear. Too quick to bury Rodgers, too. And the number one take you'll hear next week when you turn on any show, the Eagles and the pursuit of perfection. It becomes a national story next week. So those are the picks and the takes for week number 10 across the NFL. All right, let's get to our, our FanDuel Sportsbook props, our favorite props for week number 10 here. And we always like to go with the Eagles game. And, and this one... It's interesting because we saw this matchup already. We, we got the Eagles and the Commanders early in the season, and it was a big-time Jalen Hurts game. It was a big-time Devontae Smith game, and it was a gigantic game for the Eagles' defense. I mean, sacks everywhere and just I mean, an incredible uh, amount of, of production. Brandon Graham, one of his best games uh, of his career. I mean, Devontae Smith had you know a game that he may never replicate again as long as he plays. That's how good Devontae was that day. But as you look towards Monday night with this matchup again – I, I'm going back to the Devontae Smith well. I mean, Devontae Smith strikes me as a guy in this matchup. They couldn't cover him. Tucker, Devontae is 2-1 to one for a touchdown, plus 200. And you can also get Devontae Smith at 10-1 to one for the first touchdown score. I think, it's an, I think it's a Devontae Smith game on Monday and pretty good numbers at, uh, at FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, and I feel like Devontae Smith has been pretty quiet lately, really since that, that Washington game. It's through no fault of his own. It's just the, the offense is kind of... Been, been taking turns, and, and that's the way it's gone this season. But he only had two catches for 22 yards against Houston, five catches for 23 yards against Pittsburgh. I have a weird feeling that Nick Sirianni is going to try to get him the ball early and often, just like after he was you know, shut out in Detroit. He had seven catches against Minnesota and then eight against Washington. I could see a concerted effort to get Devontae Smith the ball. Yeah, so let's, let's put that in a same-game parlay or a same-game parlay plus over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Devontae Smith... Anytime touchdown score, I like that at 2-1 to one at plus 200. But this one might be my favorite uh, look in a same-game parlay for Monday Night Football. 
So you could you could take the Eagles to cover in the first half. Now, last Thursday or two Thursdays ago against the Commanders was the first time they didn't cover in the first half. It, like that game, it is a six-and-a-half-point number. Eagles favored by six-and-a-half in the first half. I have one I like even better. How about Eagles team total in the first half? for The Eagles points in the first half. Now, they score in the second quarter, I mean, a crazy amount all the time anyway. It's only 13-and-a-half. All the Eagles have to do to cover this number is score 14 heading into halftime. This might be my favorite prop of the weekend. Eagles over 13 and a half points first half Monday night. We know what they do in the second quarter. I'm not asking for three touchdowns. I just need 14 points in the first half. That feels very doable. And and if you take it this way, you don't have to worry about do they cover. Like, could it be 14-10, 16-10 at the half? It could. But I think the Eagles will certainly have 14 points on the board at halftime. Uh, it's something they've done every game this year. They've scored 14 a couple times. They've scored 20. They've scored 24. They've scored 21. That's a number they've topped in every single game this season. Yeah, let's put that one in there. So, so we have Devontae Smith, anytime touchdown. We have the Eagles over 13.5 points in the first half of the game. And we are looking here at, let's go with another anytime touchdown score. I mean, Miles Sanders is minus 120. It's amazing. Miles Sanders couldn't find the end zone if you dropped him off at the one-yard line last year. And this year, he just keeps finding his way into the end zone. He's at minus 120. Um, and it's not a bad look to think Miles is going to score again. But I've got another one that I think is an interesting idea for Monday Night Football. So we mentioned that Taylor Heineke has an enormous amount of turnover-worthy plays. This game could get out of hand in the second half if they're down. You know, the commanders are down 10, 13 points. He's trying to make something happen. What do we think about an Eagles defensive score on Monday Night Football? We haven't had too many of those this year. Have we had? Have we had any? Have they scored on had defense? Had a lot of defensive turnovers, most right. in the NFL, but I can't think of a defensive touchdown. Doesn't it feel like they're due for a team that takes the ball away as often as they do to take one back, to pick it up off the ground, or to get an interception at the twenty-five and Slay or Bradbury runs it in? I feel like they've had one. Maybe I'm off on that. Uh, Bradbury had one in week. One. Oh, yeah, against the Lions, week one. Yes. Right, I could picture Goff throwing to his left like a slant, and he picked it off and ran it to the end zone. Yes. But I believe that's it. Everything else has been a, a pass or a run. That was an interception. Well, that tells me they're due then. L- let's put this in. Let's put an Eagles defensive score. It is plus 490 on the same game parlay for an Eagles defensive touchdown on Monday night against the Commanders. It just feels like Heineke... You know, turnover-worthy plays. You know, deep in their in their own zone. I could absolutely see a defensive score by the Eagles. So if we just leave it the way it is, just three likes: Devontae Smith anytime touchdown score, Philadelphia defense anytime touchdown score, Eagles over thirteen and a half. That comes out to about twenty-five to one on a same-game parlay. Ten bucks would win you about two hundred and fifty dollars. What do you think? You in? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Now, I do have one other angle. Now, this would kind of boost up the uh, the odds a little bit if we wanted to, to change it. A little it. wild. A little Friday wild. Night. Let's, yeah, let's change it up. I'm going to just tweak one thing. So we, we agreed we could have the Eagles score on defense. Well, you could get a little bit crazier, and instead of just any time touchdown score for the Eagles defense, what if the last touchdown of the game is an Eagles defensive score? They used to do that a lot. Remember 2017? They did that all the time. Yes, Brandon Graham. Maybe twice that season? Against, I think week one against Washington, he did it. Right. And maybe against the Rams, too, after when in the game Foles came in. He did. So if you change it to Eagles' last touchdown score instead of just any time, 
that prop goes to 20 to 1 instead of plus 490. So, Tucker, you said you want to get crazy. It's a Friday night. What do we have to lose here? This three three leg same game parlay over at Fandle. Devontae Smith, anytime touchdown. Over 13.5 points, Eagles to the first half. And the Eagles defense to score the last touchdown of the game. You know what that one comes out to? That would be 10 bucks to win $1,467. Wow. That's the parlay. That's more than I make in a night here. That well, that there you go. You, that, you, well, um, are you working Monday? I am. I'm oh, in the well, afternoon show. Right, you are. I, I was thinking you weren't because we're not. You know, we have a show Monday, right? The game is. Yeah, on. some of us still show up to work. Well, you weren't. I even... I volunteered. You weren't okay, but you, you, last time we had talked, you weren't gonna because yeah, I didn't know I was either until I checked the schedule by happenstance today and found out that I'm actually working well, the, the afternoon show. Good thing you you looked at it, otherwise we had a problem. But you know what? You now you don't have to work because I'm gonna hit, we're gonna hit this parlay. Devontae Smith anytime touchdown on Monday. Eagles over 13.5 in the first half of the game. Philadelphia defense, last touchdown of the game. Heineke tries to make something happen. Ball pops up. They run it back for a touchdown. Maybe Chauncey, maybe uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson scores himself there. That is, you know, that, that that's our parlay here. Very excited to put this one in over at FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, what to watch for your sponsor by Xfinity. Xfinity, the fast internet in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of our Xfinity Loud. So I'm interested to watch Sunday's games, right? Because we have, we've had a lot of Sundays recently without the Eagles. I've I've got a chance to watch a lot of the NFL red zone. It's kind of a red zone day on on Sunday, and I'll I will I will certainly be peeking in on the other two teams in the NFCs as we watch because they've had good seasons and and they're not that far off the ledger here. Giants Texans on Sunday. I guess the Giants are going to get another win. They might be the worst seven and two team in a while. It's fascinating, isn't it? They they remind me of like a mid-major college team. They win a lot because they just don't make mistakes. Yeah. And they wait for you to make a mistake. They, like, they let other like that's how they beat the Ravens, right? They let Lamar, Lamar Jackson turn the ball over twice in the last 2 minutes and just didn't do that themselves. They and they play the Texans this week. I mean, they I'd be surprised they lost that game. And then we have the Cowboys at the Packers. Cowboys you know, you know this is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career. This will be 121 home games. He's favor. He's a dog by more than a field goal ever. That's amazing. I feel like the Packers are going to be in this game on Sunday. It just feels like it's too easy. The Pack, the Packers stink. The Cowboys are good. I think we get a game on Sunday. There, I'll be, I'll be watching that one. It's like kind of a red zone day before we get to. We've had a lot of those. I was thinking that. Well, we had the Eagles play, what, Monday against the Vikings, week two. We had a Thursday game. We had a bye, right? Those are those our three? And a Sunday night game. A Sunday night game and a Monday night game coming up. Oh, we, and we have more coming up. I mean, up. this is three out of four weeks now that, that we've had it. Yeah, we've had a lot. I, and I don't mind it. Four I mean, out of five, if you include the, the Sunday night game against Dallas the week before the bye. I know some people like their 1 o'clock Sunday routine. I don't mind watching the whole NFL and the Eagles on a primetime spot. I do think 4 o'clock is my favorite. If I had to choose. Well, it feels big at 4. I think it feels bigger, and you can watch pretty much the majority yeah. of the games on NFL Red Zone and then focus on the Eagles and not miss much at 4 o'clock. Yeah, I like that too. Um, we have 4s coming up. What do we have? We have uh, Christmas Eve. That's a big one. Yeah. Might interfere with Christmas Eve mass for some people. Yeah, you know what? If the Eagles are undefeated in Dallas, they're, I, I just I, I, I can't make decisions for – you know, the churches, but I'm just saying maybe we just postpone those masses. 
Can we just postpone Christmas Eve? I, I I don't think that's allowed. I don't think anyone actually will postpone anything. But the attendance likely will be less than normal. I'm just going to say. If the Eagles are undefeated, that might be the highest rated NFL game regular season in a very long time. An undefeated Eagles, undefeated anybody, but undefeated Eagles at Cowboys on Christmas Eve when, when no one's anywhere but home anyway, and you're with people, with family. But that game would be, that would have record ratings for it. That that would be a remarkable, remarkable. Um, I do think it's interesting they end the season against the Giants the way the Patriots ended their season against the Giants. That's it. That is interesting. It's all coming circling back around, and it's been fifty years. It's symmetry since those Dolphins that we're ready to get rid of just beat up on a four and twelve Buffalo Bills team a few times. You guys have a great night. We'll talk uh, next week. TK coming up after some football talk on WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.